and hell come to part four of Spoopy Season. This is So You Think That Was Good Do You, a podcast where we take a look back at the films from your childhood and question the absurdity of their universes. If you listened all the way to the end of last week's episode, you'll have heard Sam pick James and the Giant Peaks for this week's Spoopy Splilm. If you didn't, then this is a horrible <laughs> shock for you. My name is Evan, and perpetually I'm joined by Sam and Carl. Two questions. How are you, Carl? And can you explain yourself, Sam? <laughs> I am Peachy, mate. Oh, nice. Oh, it's, you, you, after everything I got for the Rocketeer, you owe us an apology, I think, Sam. This was... I, I was going to... I told myself the first thing I was going to say is I'm sorry. We have taken a detour off spooky uh, season to just... I don't even know. I gave you the fright of a lifetime having to sit through an hour and 20 minutes of this fucking tripe, didn't I? So I've delivered, but no, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is... Mm, let's not get ahead of ourselves, but it's a lot worse than I remember. It's, it's one of those where it was a very happy memory from my childhood ruined by revisiting it. I think one thing I've learned is don't look back. You know, if you enjoy something as a kid, don't look back at it. And so this is the last episode. That is the We're not doing this, this anymore. <laughs> if you enjoyed something as a kid, just leave it. Leave, leave it where it was. Don't leave it in the past. It. <laughs> leave it in the box you packed it in Could, in your mind basement. You might find out it's a stop motion fucking nightmare. With songs, if there's any doubt apparently. in the minds of anybody listening to this, and if anybody listening to this has fond memories of James and the Giant Peach, turn off, leave, <laughs> do something else. Uh, I actually, um, I went to see Smile this weekend, so it was actually a nice little reprieve from horror to do this. That is a fucking horrifying movie. I would recommend it though, boys. Yeah. But couple of images were stuck in my head last night when I was trying to sleep. Oh, really? See, mm. I, I saw the uh, trailers for that, and it felt a little bit sort of, you know, it's kind of a big old clickbait yeah. thing. But, but if you're saying it's actually good, then... Well, that is a movie we did not watch. <laughs> so shall we get started with the plots and all of the movie we did watch? I suppose we, we probably should. Yes, Evan. Featuring stop-motion animation and live-action... This inventive adaption of Roald Dahl's beloved children's tale follows the adventures of James, an orphaned young British boy. Forced to live with his cruel aunts, James finds a way out of his bleak existence when he discovers an enormous enchanted peach. After rolling into the sea inside the buoyant fruit, James, accompanied by a crew of friendly talking insects, sets sail for New York City. Is that where it ends? That's the plot. If only the movie had ended there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, no, yeah, they got to get to New York, damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, well, there it is. There it is. I mean, you say he escapes from his bleak life. It didn't stop being bleak after that. <laughs> it remained Turned pretty bleak. something quite horrible. Yeah. <laughs> this movie went from pretty awful to quite terrible to horrifying <laughs> And then just back to basic level awful. <laughs> just like real life. <laughs> I'm always at a baseline of awful. Things only get worse. Awful is as good as it gets. <laughs> and this that is the case for this film in so many ways. Shall I delve right into the actual plot? Let's 
bloody do it. May as well, yes. So, yeah, we open up the movie onto this kind of quite spooky, creepy-looking fake plastic beach, which is Mm. meant to be the nice, wistful, romantic start to the film, which is meant to look really nice. And then this horrifying creature lying there, uh, who we're introduced to as James. James, what's his surname? Trotter, I think. Something like that. Um, James of Giant Peach fame, uh, pre-Peach, is lying on the beach with his parents. That was unintentional, I swear. He's lying on the beach with his parents and they're looking up at the clouds they're saying, oh, this looks like uh, something and this looks like something else. And they say, this one, look at that one sideways. It looks like the Empire State Building. By the way, we're going there. We're moving to New York. <laughs> Everything's going to be great because it is the dream of every South Coast posh English boy uh, <laughs> or his parents to fly him over to New York and have him grow up in a heavily polluted city, obviously. <laughs> What we didn't see were the six hours of them laying there while his parents are going, just wait for wait for a cloud that looks like the Empire State Building so we can surprise him. Yeah, yeah. They brought him out to the beach on a clear blue sky and went, oh, for fuck's sake, this is going to take all day. <laughs> they can't do his passport until they see that cloud. <laughs> and just while we're on this, did that beach they were on remind you of the scene from Planet of the Apes where they see the Empire, where the, the Statue of Liberty? It's the same beach, I'm pretty sure. I can see what you mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so just as bleak. This, this movie, I know it was filmed on just a number of different soundscapes, I think they're called, but everything was in this beginning bit before we get to the stop motion, all looks like it's on a stage, which I kind of appreciate, but they should have gone to the beach for this bit. It just, it just doesn't quite work. <laughs> yes, I agree. You've just reminded me that I've seen James and the Giant Peach on the stage, and I oh, met Roald Dahl's granddaughter. That is wow. n- nothing more I can add. <laughs> it's not very interesting, but there you go. I was like 10 at the time. Oh, okay. So you didn't berate her for allowing this movie to happen? No, and I didn't shag her either, Sam. Thank you for asking. <laughs> <laughs> Classic Sam. Why Why have you always got to lower the tone, Sam? I don't know, but I'm going to edit out me asking. So the line will go. I'm going to make it seem like that was just a non-sequitur from Evan. So yeah, so they're lying on the beach. Um, I'd forgotten prior to watching this that James has the voice of like a 40-year-old smoker. He's really raspy. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the guy from he- Blackball? Uh, Johnny Vegas. Johnny Vegas. Like Johnny Vegas. <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't think Johnny a... Vegas was ever a child. No. <laughs> he was James and the Giant Peach, and then he was Johnny Vegas. Yeah, yeah. he transformed from one to the other. And then he will return to the dark matter at the centre of the universe until he is James again. I mean, the um, I was going to leave this till a bit later, but the guy, the kid who plays James, uh, he was in this film... And in some TV series, I forget the name of, and then never acted again. He just quit acting forever and now is head of a sixth form in Durham teaching maths. So, oh, th- 
Things can get bleaker. Things. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so as if it could get any darker from traveling around the world on a peach, it did. So after this, yeah, as if this scene couldn't get any bleaker, a rhino comes out of the sky and eats his parents. <laughs> At least that is his interpretation of it. And we've got no reason to think that it's anything else. Yeah, I I remember uh, from seeing this movie as a kid, I had the memory of, I'm sure his parents get eaten by a big black rhino cloud, but I must be misremembering something. There must be a deeper meaning to this elsewhere, but oh, no, be. it's just rhino cloud shows up and eats his parents in 35 seconds flat, I think is yeah. what they say in the movie. Here's yeah, a theme yeah. that we're going to touch on a bit. Deeper meanings to things in films and how... I'm not sure there's any of them in this. Roald Dahl was a fucking drug addict, for sure. There is no way he wrote any of his books without doing drugs all the time. They're all fucking weird. Like, Matilda is his most normal one, and that's still batshit. He served through World War II. Oh, yeah, that's and he wrote this. He wrote this not that long after serving in World War II. And also, he was, I think he was working on uh, horror adaptations before. He released the book of this. Oh, uh, so he was—he was not. This was—I think this may have been his first book or an early one at least. And yeah. he clearly was not about writing a standard fun little kids book. Um, also, some really dark shit happened to him while writing this, which may have contributed oh. to some extent in how this All turned right. out. Is that your dark trivia for later? Yeah, I'll save it for a bit later. I don't want to go too okay, heavy nice. too soon. Okay. His mum uh, was killed by a giant apple. <laughs> <laughs> no one knows if it contributed to his work or not. Some people do question it. Look, what his I'm saying is, Isaac let's Newton. keep things light, let's keep things fun. So his parents are dead, and now he's being tortured by his aunts. His aunts who were played by Joanna Lumley and Miriam Margulies. Oh, yeah. Just so two good. national treasures. So I was... Two amazing Icons. actors. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I would not shag them, Sam, so thank you for asking. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm going to ask this about every character until we see the claymation version of that fit spider. And if you say no, then I'm ending the pod. <laughs> so the ants just sit around all day in their horrible mansion... Oh, yeah. on the on the south coast uh ordering james around making him do chores just some classic british child abuse you know stuff we all go through in order to become <laughs> funny and start a podcast you know yeah. james is going to be a funny adult well he's a sixth form teacher so he went the other way <laughs> but the rest of us turn out funny yeah you either become you either do a podcast or you start torturing other kids <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> via an institution the what do we call it? The landscape for their house. A mm. very series of unfortunate events, which I realise must have drawn inspiration from the Royal Dahl books. I'm sure. So bleak. And I fucking hated this from the scene onwards because it's just so horrible. How can any child enjoy this? The right. greyness, the fish yeah. heads that he served after working all his chores. He served Horrid. fish heads. He's the um, All the scenery in these first few scenes, we've said that it looks a bit like a stage show. And it does. Yeah. They're all kind of, I mean, it's timber and they're all very cartoonish and weird and sort of twisted. I think that might have been a mistake because it makes the real life bits of this feel 
it just you don't get much of a contrast between the surrealist bits and the bits that are meant to feel like real life. So I don't know, it all gets a little bit mixed up. Yeah, it all very much feels like a place. You can never really fully connect to it. It always feels like you're watching a show. You're not relating to any character in the movie. No, not at all. It's all very, well, yeah, like you said, surreal. That's the, much like all of Roald Dahl's works, they're kind of out there. So he's doing all these chores and he's hating his life and he just wants to leave, but he's too scared of his aunts. He's scared that the rhino will eat him up as they've threatened that it will. I read somewhere online, I didn't see this for myself in the film, but apparently there's a hood ornament on their car of a rhino, which implies that they ran over his parents. Maybe. Uh, Maybe that's a little bit fan theory-ish, but perhaps they killed his parents and threatened the same for him. That would shit all over my theory, so we'll just pretend that no one spotted that. We'll pretend. I mean, I didn't spot it, to be fair. I spotted someone who spotted it. So let's ignore that. It didn't happen. Uh, so he sings to a spider that he finds in his room. He finds a what looks a little bit too close to a black widow for comfort. Yeah, uh, yeah. this is a movie I, that teaches kids. If you see a spider with a black and white fat body, just pick it up, sing it a song. Pick it up. Sing a song, and then play afterwards, with it a you'll start picturing giant peaches and talking grasshoppers. <laughs> yes, you will. <laughs> All right, yeah. I wish that false widow spider would bite him, and we could have this over with. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> he, along the same line, I love that he takes it down off the window. It's like, don't live up there. My aunties will try to kill you. And then puts it back on the window, and his aunties try and kill it. Yeah, the next scene. <laughs> puts it right back there. Che- Cheers, James. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, not much to say about the song, except the the main oh, what? thing that... I, sorry, I was going to sing a rendition of it, but then... I did not go and set a musical theory class this weekend for us to not discuss <laughs> the music. <laughs> Please go ahead. No, yeah, I've got and, nothing. Okay. Um, the only thing I wrote down about it is that the recurring lyrics through this are something being very far away, and clearly the actor... The guy playing James struggled a little bit. He had a minor speech impediment, so he kept saying "vui vui" far away. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it, I, I was mean, like, "That's I a feel bit like... mean." You could have changed the lyrics. I mean, they could have changed it from a rhino. Once they find out he couldn't say his R's. Yeah. A rhino very far away. I mean, <laughs> maybe a pisshead killed his parents. <laughs> 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 that took me a minute. <laughs> oh god. I like that the scene oh. ends with James creating a sort of fire lantern and lighting a candle underneath it and letting it fly out into the sky just with no concern at all. I like that maybe he's been abused for so long he's turned into one of those kids who likes to start forest fires just for fun. Because <laughs> he just goes to sleep. He doesn't even watch it. He's just like, here you go. <laughs> Just sends it out. You can only go to sleep with the crackling of a forest fire in the distance and screaming mm. foxes. Just wants to watch it burn. Smell it burn. Hear it burn. Not watch. <laughs> uh, so like you said, next scene is the ants bursting in and trying to kill the spider that he put right back where he knew they would try and kill it. So Dick How did move. they find it there? Yeah. <laughs> he spends his evenings watching fires or listening to fires. Yeah. yeah. How are you going to fill your mornings if not by watching your spiders? Your spiders? Your aunties kill spiders. So what we're saying is James is a sick fuck. 
He's a sick fuck, yeah. Of course Watch he's his a mate sick get fuck. Then go for a quick walk barefoot in the ashen forest. Yeah. He, I mean, That's he... why everything's so grey. Be- <laughs> it was a beautiful town before that little Ginnarsonist showed up. <laughs> but he's not, he's not done torturing this spider. His, his parents died, so we've got to be nice, okay? He's trashed the place. <laughs> he's not done torturing this spider yet though so before his aunts can put it out of its misery he grabs it and runs out the house down the bottom of the garden and tucks it away in a safe spot to come back for it you stay there you then he stands Where up. only i can find you <laughs> then he stands up and uh, yeah sees the local crackhead holding <laughs> <laughs> who is this dude meets an old homeless man <laughs> Yeah, an old, very homeless man, straight out the shoe factory. He had a very nice, yeah, he had a very nice home in one of the local forests once, but it burned down mysteriously. And now he wanders around. He wanders around with his bag of magic pills. He's to stop to stop James from burning down any other forests. He's grabs that little uh, little Molotov, floating Molotov that he threw out the window, and filled it full of little what he calls. Uh, crocodile tongues boiled in a witch's skull, uh, I mean, or as we call it, Ritalin. I was going to say, stop, James. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's some kind of cocktail of horrendous drugs. Like it's like spice mixed, bath salts mixed with DMT mixed with God knows what else. It is the, the most, touch of angel dust. Yeah, the most foul shit imaginable. And he gives it to this kid. And says that if he takes this, he'll never be sad again. <laughs> Which is probably true. true because yeah. you'll be happy for the next 25 minutes and then everything will come to quite an abrupt end. I could pop out to the streets in Newport where I live. Probably shouldn't have said my hometown there. Uh, <laughs> and find as many of these men as you want. Literally. <laughs> There's one on every corner. <laughs> and if there isn't, it'll be you. <laughs> that's because Evan wanders around the street singing my name is Evan yeah. and sings about how sad he is <laughs> until old men give him drugs oh, so he oh, I, I have spent the last day because I tried watching this movie yesterday and just I couldn't, couldn't do it mm-hmm. but I got to the first song and then spent the rest of the day just driving my girlfriend crazy by singing the start of it over <laughs> and over again because whoa, my name is James. That was a first draft. <laughs> yeah. So he tell he hands him his uh, bag of glowing green uh, acid and says, "Don't drop any of them." So James grabs it, turns around, and drops all of them. It just instantly stacks it on the stairs. Yeah, straight away. First thing ah. he does is turn around and drop everything. <laughs> James will uh, not do what you tell him to do. Fuck yeah. you, old man. <laughs> yeah, you got to threaten to torture him to get anything out of him. Or kill his parents. Did this scene uh, remind you of Labyrinth at all? Where just the way a, a like, he teleported this... about and like James pushed a brick through the wall and beyond the wall was New York City in a kind of illusion on the horizon. It was all very reminiscent. Oh, it of totally was, it. yeah. A lot of this movie reminded me of Labyrinth. Just... The way that the start of it, or and a lot of Labyrinth, looks like it's being performed on a stage. Yes, yeah. The parts later on where you question how much of it really happened and how much of it is 
Because this kid is severely abused. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The probably very dark connotations that you kind of project onto it. Yeah. All of that good stuff. (laughs) Uh, So all of the... All the drugs fall into the tree and <laughs> it grows a peach. This dead tree, this dead husk of a tree grows a peach. And the ants run outside and they go, there's no chance that this tree... Burnt out husk of a tree. Yeah. this It's like James burnt this down years ago. <laughs> it, is, it is a, you know, stacked up pile of ashes at this point. There's nothing left of it. There's no way that it grew a peach. Uh but before their eyes, ah. the peach grows and grows and becomes bigger than the tree. Basically Big the size of a normal house. Juicy peach. Big, yeah. juicy peach. Oh, uh, but no, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> well, even the scene where he crawls up inside it. He creates a mm. hole for you. <laughs> oh, stop um, it. Goopy, isn't it? We're not, we're not the first people to think about this. Apparently, oh, um, from a biography of Roald Dahl, uh, he settled on a peach because he thought its flesh and flavours were more exciting and more sensual than the alternatives, which was like oh, I cherries think by and sensually meant. I think by sensual he meant more. No, no, he meant, I don't think, he meant sensual. I, yeah, I settled on a peach because who wouldn't fuck a peach? Yeah, he's like, oh, you've seen the emoji. You know what I'm. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> In other words, mm, Peach. <laughs> I wasn't giving up on that one. Doesn't matter how many times I have to say it. <laughs> yeah, very good. Right. So after this, they the giant. Well, the giant Peach, the eponymous giant Peach of the film, mm. has grown. Where's that from? The and the uh, sorry, the giant peach, which is also in the name of the film, has grown. <laughs> and the ants decide to turn it into an exhibition and make a bit of money out of it, which is completely <clears throat> fair. I think that's pretty reasonable. Yeah. So they charge people entry, get them in, get them looking at it. Um, very successful. Instantly, people are crowding around to see this peach. And then at the end of the day, they send James out and like, clean up all the shit that they left behind. Uh, so he goes out and he's picking up some some litter. He finds the bag of drugs and it has one more pill in it. One more drug. He's like, oh, one more chance at this. <laughs> so he falls over again and drops it again. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking dope. Of course he does. But lucky um, for him, when he scoops up a big, uh, big handful of peach, uh, it's got a bit of drugs in it. So... He gets a mouthful anyway. And so begins the trip of a lifetime. Just quickly, as bleak as this whole scene is and how minimalist the set is, like you said, I think what it does well here is draw exactly what the, the drawings by Quinton Blake look like in the original Roald Dahl books. He's the one to illustrate them all. There's a scene where that peach is outside the house and it's just the jutting cliff and the house and them. I swear that's straight from the book itself. So I think they did that really well. I think where the problems arise is they do it in too many scenes and everything just feels so small and bleak and far away from everything else. I keep saying bleak, 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 bleak. Uh, I think that's the major issue with this. Well, you are it feels so disconnected from everything else. It is pretty bleak here. <laughs> Where's my peach, boys? Where's my free <laughs> bag of drugs? 
<laughs> yes, I will fuck it. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah, so, I mean, I agree. Very faithful to the art design, all of that. In my opinion, it would have been better if the real scenes were kept a bit more realistic. And then once he drops that pill, if everything had gone very Quentin Blake, is it? Yeah. Yeah, if everything had gone that stylistic, then I agree, awesome. yes. Where he cuts the bit out of the pitch and takes a big bite. Yeah. Fucking disgusting, right? That oh, big awful. glob he takes and the juice that runs from his mouth. Horrific. Oh. But the transition between him walking the- into the peach and up into it and then it turning into animation, very good. No, that is awesome. But yeah, the way he takes that glob of peach mm. implies there's no skin there. Yeah, he, he just, just reaches, reaches in. in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just for everyone who's not watching, which is none of you, we're all currently reaching towards the camera to take mm-hmm. a glob. Which is what he does. Uh, just he, as he's both hands yeah. in, mm-hmm. fingers puncturing through the very thin, pliable flesh of the peach. Flesh, I'm glad you said it. Pulling out this like bruised mulch of <laughs> a peach ball. flesh. It was like an orange of peach. It was a kind of mucosal kind of glob of it that he just tucks right into. <laughs> Someone buy you a fucking thesaurus. <laughs> <laughs> and then he climbs in. I can hear him turning the pages. <laughs> flick, 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 flick. He clambers up. <laughs> Within. <laughs> he climbs in and up what? Maybe this is me projecting what I can only describe as a a sphincter. (laughs) What I can only describe as a sphincter of the peach. Like everything about it, it's just gross. And he's climbing up this little tube. I didn't mean to jump ahead of you. I just didn't want you to feel alone in what you were about to say. I didn't want you to feel silly or like only you had imagined it. We all know what the inside of an arsehole must look like with those ridges. And that's what it looked like. Fuck. <laughs> and it, that did not, yeah, that did not click in my head till just now. When you like the silhouette of a frump. You know, frumps, the marshmallow things that twist and go in ridges. That's what it's like. Yeah, I do know what you're talking about, and I kind of wish yeah. I didn't. <laughs> I bet no one else ever has ever said silhouette of a frump. <laughs> I'll take that. The silhouette of a frump. Or flump, or whatever it is. Flump, that's it. Yeah, sorry, not frump. Fun fact, I'll probably cut this out. But in my school, uh, in my year in school, uh, it was a pretty common, uh, like, bit of slang that the word flump meant uh, sucking yourself off. How? I, I, no, I don't know. I got no idea. I don't know where it came from. But I mean, everything about a flump would not make me think of an erect dick, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> They're antithetical to what you're talking about, Sam. My God, have you borrowed Sam's thesaurus? <laughs> <laughs> Whoever came up with it, I don't think they knew about the flump, the marshmallow sweet. Oh. I think that they'd just come up with a oh, funny They just word. knew about sucking themselves off. And Yeah, exactly. They thought they'd invented they, the word It was word just the flump. guy performing auto fellatio in school all the time. <laughs> okay, now give me that my thesaurus back. <laughs> Stop only looking at the filthy words. 
I got to A. I'm staying at A. <laughs> just everyone listening, uh, just wait for the autoerotic asphyxiation to drop. Anyway. So, yeah. Holy we shit. We get up, up the peach and we get some oh. anthropomorphized <laughs> insects. <laughs> oh, good work. Right. There Great we go. Stuff. There's your book. Oh, man. Excellent job. So let's get this out of the way, eh? The insects. Horrid. Horrendous. They're awful. really awful. Not for a children's movie. They're very they're Tim Burton, aren't they? It's like that's his yeah. influence. Is everything's gotta be just a bit just a little bit too real. It can't be a fun spider. It's gotta have two eyeballs in each eye. Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay, fun fact. Susan Sarandon is the spider. Yeah. The yeah. French spider. Uh, speaking of the spider, boys? Yes, 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 <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you, finally. <laughs> Wrap oh, those so eight he... legs around me. Silk me up. He's he's oh, up. Oh, God. Oh, fucking hell. He's up, in, he's up in the peach. Pete, by the way, has turned into a claymation Clayboy. Tim Burton creation himself. Mm-hmm. His eyes have somehow got less beady as he's done that. <laughs> his head has tripled in size mm. and he's now made of like play-doh or something and he's yeah just really creepy and he mm. walks in on this kind of meeting of all these bugs that have clearly got a dose of whatever he's just taken and they've grown up become massive there's a worm a kind of weird john lennon worm there's the centipede played by <laughs> i think Richard Dreyfus. Yeah. There's a glowworm, a spider, a grasshopper, and a ladybird. I won't go through all of them, but that is the yes. gang that he meets. Oh, this had one of my favorite facts, just because of. I don't feel like it's something to brag about. So it's that Miriam Margulies, she plays the auntie, Ant Sponge, and she also does the voice of the glowworm in this. Yeah. And for the trivia, for the trivia, it pointed out. That this is the first time someone has played a live-action character and an animation character in the same film since Song of the South. Oh, the extremely racist band cartoon from the forties. Do you know what? Just, I'd, I'd ignore that. My yeah. nan had that on video and used to play it for me all the time. I never <laughs> oh thought my there God. was anything wrong with it. Zippity doo da, zippity day. My oh my, what a wonderful day. That plays in my head all the time. Now that I know it's horrific, yeah. I have to push that part of myself down. That child's cartoon comes with a warning. Yes. Before you watch like it. Picture oh, the, the video cover. It's all yellow. Yeah, that, I mean, that song has been in my head basically my entire, you know, entire life that I can remember. So yeah. I did not realise until now that it was born out of such a, out of something horrendously racist. So he's met the gang of bugs and when the ants run out and start looking for him and I think they're starting to figure out that he's in the peach. Uh, The centipede climbs up out the top where there's a little hatch, bites off the branch that is connecting it to the tree and rolls them away down the hill and over the local village, presumably killing some people. Uh, Killing whoever survived the fires. Killing who, exactly. It crushes their car as it does that. Apparently in the book, they're in the car at the time and they die. I mean, I actually watched the movie and they're in the car in the movie. 
I thought they were going to die. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. surprised when they, they showed up at the end. Died. But yeah, they die in the book, but not in the film. They keep going because they'd got Joanna Lumley and Miriam Margulies and they weren't going to waste them on only the beginning. Uh, so they roll down the hill over the village, picking up a fence as they do, and then they go land in the sea and float away. And according to the plot synopsis, this is where the film ends. So with join that... Join us again next week. Join us again next Leave week. us a five-star review. <laughs> Unfortunately, it keeps going for a little bit after this. They are floating in the ocean now. They're kind of figuring out how they're going to get to New York, because that is the plan. They are going to head over to New York City, where literally everybody wants to go all of the time. And their plan is they're going to lasso some seagulls with spider silk and fly themselves there. Uh, yes. So James's first prerogative as adorned captain of this peach is to use Give his me friend... Give back. <laughs> use his friend, Mr. Earthworm, to, as bait to lure the seagulls in. Which he was absolutely not up for, but James no. and Mr. Centipede, who is equally as dubious, uh, are both happy with it. And they, yeah, they capture a load of fucking seagulls to, I assume, to fly away. I wasn't expecting out of the time. I thought they'd pour them along the water, but they did. Yeah, I kind of thought it was going to be a sail, but yes, yeah, <laughs> anything goes. And if to is if to illustrate that literally anything goes, we now get attack of the giant mech shark. Yeah. I'm still figuring out what that was supposed to represent. Yeah. As it, it it comes up through the surface of the water and it's got grinding metal teeth. And as it eats a school of fish, it just spits out plates of fish heads that represent the dinner that his aunties gave to him. Yeah. Yeah. Which implies that the aunties fished that plate with the heads on it out of the ocean. And then just chucked it in the oven for him. Uh, is that what it implies? I couldn't for the life of me figure out what this scene was saying. To me, this just implied that Roldar was a really big Power Rangers fan. Big old mechs. That's he loved. <laughs> yeah. The shark comes towards them. It wants to catch them. It's firing weird piranha torpedoes and it's got grappling hooks. All kinds of mad shit is being flung at them. So they cast a net over all the seagulls, tie them all up with silk and fly away and they make their escape this is such a fucking mad scene and a lot of the scenes coming up are so mad that i have nothing to say about it apart from that just watch this movie <laughs> because it's insane. yeah yeah it's but just so weird one thing i think is noteworthy here of course the fucking centipede is from brooklyn saw that coming a fucking mile away it's a little <laughs> cap and how fucking grimy he is. Sorry if you're from Brooklyn, but this is what we see in TV. This is how they represent you. Be mad at them, not me. <laughs> Playing the stereotypes. I mean, look at how they portrayed people from the south of England. Yeah, that's true. Arsonists. <laughs> Arsonists and basically walking corpses. I don't know what the makeup people did to Joanna Lumley, but holy shit. Yeah, gruesome. Gruesome. Her teeth. Wow. Sorry if, sorry if you're listening, Joanna. <laughs> That'd be weird, wouldn't it? <laughs> we don't have many listens, but we get quality listens. Yeah. yeah. Also, um, Paul Terry, if you're listening, uh, no offence, there's nothing wrong with teaching at sixth form. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Next scene, they are now flying. They managed to commandeer some seagulls to fly them 
but new issue, they're all starving to death. Are they though? Are they? Has anybody thought about what they're fucking flying on? I mean, I get that the the movie and the book are meant to be about empowering children to believe in themselves and come up with the answers and blah, blah, blah. The fucking problems weren't hard, were they? These are meant to be adults, I guess. One of them's from fucking Brooklyn. He emigrated. <laughs> he hasn't discovered food yet. Yeah, I mean, the other message which is hammered into us is look at things a different way and you'll find the answer. So looking at the fact that you are literally surrounded with nothing but food is the looking at it a different way. But we'll shelve that for now. So they figure out that they have nothing but food and then yep. they run around inside the peach, yeah, mashing it all up, mashing oh, the walls disgusting. up, throwing this mulch at each other and sucking it down. Yeah, for, for people but- who had food anxiety... Five minutes ago, they are wasting oh now. Rationing yeah. is not an issue for them. Exactly, <laughs> and it's a good job that peach is a universal food group for all animals. That is all good, isn't peach. it? <laughs> I mean, they make a point that the spider will happily eat any of them. Yeah, she had food all along. She's, she's not she's, worried. She's completely fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there were a lot more bugs at the start of this film, but we just didn't see them. <laughs> So she was all right. But yeah, they just start mashing up peach and stomping oh, in it. So and gross. Like, and did you see the big uh, Union Jack on the table as well as they were doing it? I think I did. They were like flapping the tablecloth around. It was dystopian to me that they were all <laughs> worried about food and like immediately turned on each other and then realized they all had food and immediately started eating it all straight away in front of the fucking Union Jack. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying you weren't saluting at the screen no i think that's a crime <laughs> of course i was eating a peach sam of course i was fucking a peach <laughs> i was eating some nice coronation sausage and saluting <laughs> my greasy fingers oh boy um indeed yeah horrible scene like if you found a peach that was mashed up full of bugs eating it the only difference between that and this is that the bugs are bigger. Man, I hated this shit. The only difference between that and this is that this is worse. This is so much worse. <laughs> it's a big peach with big bugs in it. And a boy. <laughs> with little beady eyes. Yeah. Trying to set you on fire. <laughs> Away, James! This is going to be a fucking mess of an episode. But yeah. let's let's power through. I'm loving it. <laughs> The that's the scene. There's a bit. They do a big song, as oh, it's awful. Know, yeah, as they will, and um, and then they all fall asleep, having gorged yes. themselves on peach. And James has a little fucked up peach dream. Uh, oh, yeah, the spider makes him a little bed, yeah, and he has his crazy peach dream where he's a caterpillar now, eating a peach, and his. <laughs> it's kind of all. It's even creepier than so fucked. <laughs> Yeah, it's really horrible, isn't it? So horrible. The animation gets worse, turns into a 2D scuttling little thing, like My Hungry Mm. Caterpillar. Awful. It's really horrible. It's like they've just taken photos of his face doing different expressions and like overlaid them on this horrible dystopian, creepy little (laughs) caterpillar. A smoke smoke rhino that his aunts have breathed out chases him down. Trying to kill him. And he just wriggles away like a little Jerry when he's the slug. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It, it did have vibes of uh, 
Jerry from Rick and Morty yep. when he gets turned into the slug. Anyway, he wakes up and now they're freezing to death yes. because this standard Brooklyn guy has gone and got them lost. <laughs> Scummy cunt. Americans. <laughs> Fell asleep at the wheel. Fell asleep at the wheel as well. Like he's controlling the seagulls. They control, <laughs> so they control this craft by kind of spinning the um, the stalk at the top, which presumably at some point will just loosen we'll just and pop out. out. But yeah, <laughs> let's not think about that too much because that's the way that they're steering. They're at the North Pole, I guess. Now it looks kind of Fortress of Solitude ish, but we can say that it's the North Pole, and there's like fifty shipwrecks around them. So they're not the first ones to make this mistake. They berate the uh, centipede for getting them lost. So he jumps in the sea to go and find them a compass so that they can steer back. And we get the best line in the movie here. The best line in the film, yeah. My God, he's committed pesticide. Yeah. So good. It's very Mint. good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's also, as we've said, um, a kid's film throwing in a casual reference to suicide. Yeah. <laughs> Amongst all of the arson and murder and uh, Drug pedophiles use. giving acid to kids <laughs> take drugs and kill yourself it's a fun day out <laughs> I've been to war wasn't that on the front of the VHS <laughs> <laughs> don't watch this unless you're high yeah, so the centipede dives down to the ship and he finds dives down to the pirate ship yeah a bunch of spooky skeletons well Jack Skeleton to be precise because that's who it is yeah. it's the yeah. same model yeah Save that money, boy. Is it actually the same model? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm the trivia guy. You know, it was the same model. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, wow. Would you? Yeah. And then, obviously... <laughs> Sorry, I just heard that. Wait, I didn't hear what you said. I said, would you? <laughs> Why do they need a compass, by oh, the way? I'd boil some crocodile tongues in that. Because, because they're lost, Evan. Uh, well, James has that map that the old man gave him that already was showing him the direction from Britain to New York. It was a little point, like a little GPS for him. He does lose. He loses the map earlier on. This. Okay, don't I you worry. That. There's nothing wrong with the plot of this film. Uh, okay. Well, here's yeah, um, my joke that I've been hoping to tell you, and this is fucking dumb because this was on the premise that James didn't need a compass, so he might not know what it is. But does James think that the points of the compass are New York, East York, South York, and West York? <laughs> That's bad, isn't it? Oh. I mean, it's on the level of everything else in here. Yeah. That's but I such wrote that a down. bad indictment of the rest of this episode. But it's true. Let's just skip the bollocks that happens. They get the compass. They fight yeah. off the pirates that come to life and hop back up. Onto the peach, and they're all good friends now. They were annoyed at him before, but Centipede's back on board, and they uh, and change the even course. Even though they find out that he actually has no history of sailing, yeah. as he claimed, they're just like, yeah, all right, you're back in charge, off you pop. He, ad he admits that he has no navigation experience, and then they just they go, oh, well, you did just jump in some water, so fair play, you can have another go at it. Um, also, by the way, you do need both a compass and a map. <laughs> it, Not if the map is magic just... and points you in the direction of where you're going. It had a little trail marker. That's just drawn on, right? Oh, yeah, the, the compass no, points to moving. New York. Evans just said. Okay, yeah, sorry, New the York, compass pointed them. They didn't York, need the map. <laughs> West York and South York. <laughs> 
Which I guess at this point are all in the same direction. Yeah, so it's useless yeah. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but they they get back on track and they head to New York and they sing a little song. Uh, I was zoning out at this point. And then they get to New York. Hey, they made hey. it. The skies part and they can see New York below them. But oh no, the rhinos showed up. The main antagonist, one of the main antagonists of the film has popped up. Uh-huh. Antagonist. Hey. Nice. Sure. It's his aunties, mate. Oh, okay. Oh, I thought it was a bug thing. Okay. Yeah, me yes. too. <laughs> oh no, yeah, it's both. I meant both. It of works. Course. It works on two levels. And also neither of those levels. so the rhino shows up and attacks him but james he's not going to get fooled by this he's like hey i've learned from the power of friendship i've learned that i just need to look at things a different way rhino you can't do shit to me all you are is lights and noise you can't hurt me so the rhino hits him with an electric bolt and (laughs) fries him (laughs) knocks him out the sky he absolutely can hurt you. No, we learned a lesson. We learned a lesson, and in yeah. doing so, he... Um, Nearly died. Falls back inside the peach, knocks himself out, and then vomits back up the pill that he took, like, yesterday. Uh, luckily, it's still intact. And it burrows <laughs> back into the peach. So he transforms back into his human form. Uh, you'd be forgiven for not telling the difference. <laughs> is, is this... Should we just rename this podcast to Three Men Bully Children? Yes. Ah, we do it every time. He's landed on the Empire State Building. He can't quite figure that out, but eventually it dawns on him that, yeah, he's made it to New York. He's made it to the Empire State Building. He gets lowered down by a crane. Whoa, whoa, whoa. First, he, uh, he pulls out of his map and he says, where am I? This can't possibly be New York. Where's the Empire State Building? This fucking dipshit doesn't matter how much the rest of the city looks like New York if he can't see the Empire State Building. He's fucking panicking. I'm so sick of him by the end of it. <laughs> you really leaned into bullying this kid. So they lower him on. down with a crane, get him down to ground level, and he explains to all of them, I flew here on that massive peach with some bugs. It's along those lines. And the ants, the ants then show up and they try to kind of take custody of him it turns out they've driven through the Atlantic. I thought this was a nice touch, that the car rolls up, still crushed, now full of seaweed. They open the door and seawater pours out. So they've driven across the floor at the Atlantic to get to Yeah, him. I like that. They get out and, yeah, start, you know, claiming custody of him, saying, look, this stupid shithole kid, this is an arsonist. We're, we'll look after him. Don't you worry. And he says to the gathered Why? crowd and to the police... No, it's not true. They abuse me. So they prove him wrong by grabbing a fire axe and swinging it at him. <laughs> Why are they so desperate to be his guardians? He's just gone the now. they want, right? Yeah, I'm not sure. Oh, and they also want a slave. They want the slave. They love having a slave. They hate doing work <laughs> themselves. I also love how the police officer asks for proof of whether or not the peach is theirs, and they just show him a picture of them and the peach. Like, yeah. that's enough evidence. If we robbed a bank, but as long as we took a picture with us and the pile of money, don't worry, that's our pod money, boys. Yeah. Here's me with a peach that you can't really tell how big it is. 
I also love that the police officer asks everybody in the crowd to help him solve the crime. They all need to be there and do it as a jury. He can't possibly do any of this alone. Oh, this was the this was the forces. That's just how they did it. Also, the most unrealistic thing about this, because the bugs have turned up at this point. The bugs also it's turned that, up around this point, yeah. It's not that anyone isn't shocked by that. It's that they picked up the axes in front of an American police officer and weren't turned into Swiss cheese immediately. <laughs> So the giant, the giant bugs show back up, and they, the ants have tried to attack him with an axe. They've kind of, you know, they've done themselves in. So when a monstrous spider grabs them and strings them up, everyone's on board. The policeman's like, "Hey, go for it. You do you, massive spider. You would, to be fair. What fucker you mean? I would. Oh, oh we all would. Uh, and then the crowd, without really waiting for the horrific giant bugs to get off the peach the crowd descends on it and just starts eating it people tuck in they tuck the whole crowd rushes in to get a bite of what must be at least 50 percent spider webs and feces (laughs) (laughs) i mean you saw the way they gorged themselves on all that peach they all had the shits the next day they were drinking peach beer at one point they were pissing everywhere absolutely you know when an earthworm eats earth and then you can see it shit out that sort of (laughs) it's basically earth still but goopier earth it's just all that (laughs) it's the 40s though you know what else you're gonna eat boiled meat (laughs) (laughs) yeah the options were thin on the ground it was that or fish heads (laughs) so they were quite happy to eat worm shit yeah, now as we get our ending, they now live in the peach pip in Central Park. Well, yeah, so I mean, all of this is happening and we fade out on the glow worm, Miriam Margulies, saying, God bless the colonies, which is her last line. And that sees does us she? out. She does. That's, that's her last line in the film. Click on that. Yeah. Oh, maybe Song of the South wasn't such a leap. James's big dream in this whole thing was just to have friends mm-hmm. and then we're meant to believe that he's now got friends because he lives in Central Park in a peach pip and yeah. people come to listen to his stories I mean he hasn't got friends he's an exhibition it's it's a very one-sided relationship he's so, he's sat outside talking at people about you know how he got here and it only took him a couple of days. He can't have that many stories. So he's got a crowd around him listening. And then the spider calls him in for dinner and he leaves. Well, he teaches sixth form now. Yeah. He went to sixth form so that he could have loads of friends who sit and listen to him while he talks at them. It all comes full circle. I have 200 friends in my year group. <laughs> Mum, have you seen what how many the... friends I've got? <laughs> Well, not oh, I forgot you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Rhino, look at how many friends I've got. Um, Sam, you mentioned there was a post credit scene to this that both me and Carl missed. Do you want to enlighten yeah. us? Oh, I did. As soon as I saw credits, I turned this off. I was not waiting. So, yeah. This is not yeah. a Marvel movie. I, I closed it, but then I saw that there was a fair chunk of it left. Almost all of which was, to be fair, just credits. There were a lot of people that worked on this. But... Yeah, there was a post credit scene. It was a, like an arcade game where you control a rhino and it's called Spike the Ants. And you have to get the rhino to like buck its horn up when the ants are above it and like knock their heads off. It was really 
I don't know. It was weird. I guess it was something that they're implying. What was the context? There wasn't one. Oh, okay. It was just, <laughs> it was just happening. Um, there was apparently an alternative uh, post-credit scene as well, which had them still tied up in Spiderweb in a zoo, uh, bickering about wanting to be in a different cage. The, it's not. It's not very funny. It's just kind of weird. Like this which movie which sums up this film. Yeah. Do you want to hear my spoopy trivia? Yeah, yeah, please. I'm going to warn you, this is the worst one yet. Honestly, horrific. Is it that he's a maths teacher in a sixth form? <laughs> no, here we go. Okay. I paid for this movie on Amazon Prime, and it's on Disney Plus free. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's not on Disney Plus. <laughs> was... Oh, I saw what it was. No. Oh, good. Then that was just normal trivia. Oh, okay. <laughs> but you paid for it on Amazon yeah i did pay for this okay. i did pay for this which is still awful yeah same i pay for most of the movies that we watch which is oh, yeah. terrifying <laughs> you mentioned that you had some spooky trivia sam have we already gone over that or? yeah i mean it's quite moderately spooky trivia he so when Raldal was writing this like i said he left this and came back to it a few times working on different projects working on adaptations of horror movies one of the things that delayed the writing of this is that his son, I think, was in a car accident and had a near-fatal build-up of fluid in his head, uh, which required regular hospital visits to manage and nearly killed him on multiple occasions. Um, well, he could have used a roll bar. <laughs> you think his name is Roll Dow? His name is Roll Dow. Yeah. Yeah, no, that works. It kind of works. <laughs> that was almost funny. <laughs> it was good enough. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, look, it's, it's spooky trivia. He, oh, the, 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 like the kind of the, the light side of it is, no, it's not light. Uh, Roldal then became an expert on the condition and contributed to the development of a device that would help with managing it. A medical oh. device which is used, has been used on over 3,000 kids. Was his son okay? Ciao. Uh, don't know. Oh. Well, that's spooky trivia, isn't it? We don't know. Oh, you know, yeah. Everybody's spooked out now. Yeah, that's the point of that. Anyway, okay, Sam, yeah. Sam, Sam. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, Carl's got some trivia as well. Carl, what? give us some trivia. Carl, you can't not do trivia for 10 weeks in a row and surprise <laughs> us with trivia. Well, don't you worry. I haven't done trivia. How scary. I've oh. just done my interpretation of this movie. Ah, <gasps> oh, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done since, what, uh, Labyrinth? I thought this had a theme tune for a second. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't have a memory, so everything's in notes, which apparently have a theme tune. I, I, this was driving me nuts as to what the movie was trying to say to me. Like, why were his, was his parents killed by a rhino? And then I remember this, this film, because if you see the newspaper clippings at the end, it's set in 1949. So what I'm thinking is the thing that came out of the night sky that killed his parents prior to this is probably the blitz that he is now recognising as a rhino bursting out of the night sky among the lightning. Yeah. Not bad, I think. I think, I think, that, was, I think that may have been part of an alternative script that was submitted that didn't make it. Oh. Or something similar to that anyway. I know in the book it's just a rhino. That's how his parents die. Yeah, escaped rhino from the zoo but the way this one is presented on screen there's obviously more of a meaning to it and that was 
after thinking for far too long in a terrible movie where I got to. <laughs> and then you have a young boy who moves in with his aunties that treat him badly. Apparently, we don't see it. Well, for the most part, we don't see We sort of see it, but, you know, we don't see the extent to We're which... We're not nice to him. Yeah, but... This is probably where I read far too much into the movie, but then he falls in with a crowd of what I would say are very dodgy people when you really read into the individuals. Oh, yeah. Well, he's from Brooklyn, so yeah. <laughs> the last place he remembers being happy is the sea, or the seaside, and then we... That's basically where he ends up after he escapes his parents' house, and he meets this Brooklynite who gets into fights with sailors. And when the spider goes down to hell, she says, hey, sailors, are you looking to get your kicks? Which is quite a sexual thing to say in a PG movie. It is a little bit. And when you consider that of all the characters, she's the only naked one. (laughs) All she wears is a beret and thigh highs. Everyone else is fully dressed. As if she wasn't hot enough already. (laughs) (laughs) So we have the guy constantly getting into fights. We have possibly a hooker. Yeah. Glowworm is dressed like just one of those grubby old street psychics who literally can't see anything. And your grasshopper could be a busker as he's there playing his violin. Got the blind worm could definitely represent something, especially back in the 40s. I don't think there were as many charities for the blind back then. But I think that that's... Or or it's a very happy movie about empowering children. It's one of the two. It's, the whole film has these... You kind of expect it to have a Life of Pi ending, which ties everything together and makes you think, oh, so all of this was a big metaphor for something. But well, yeah, this we is... never actually... Get that, do we? I've not seen Life of Pi, but I imagine it's similar. It's very good. What I believe is the real message of this movie is if you just lie to yourself about how things are, life will be better. Because if if you look at the inside of that peach, it has a lot of inbuilt pipe work, flow pipes, that are reminiscent of the sewer amongst a bunch of people fighting for scraps of food and just getting pissed up. Yeah, he was with a homeless gang, yeah. And the guy who, the old, the old man who comes to him is just the, the greatest magic you will find is in crocodile tongues, which I don't think is that much of a leap to go. Could just mean lies. Really? Oh, sure. Yeah. And that's my interpretation of this movie. So we were right, right at the beginning of this episode, but everything is just a baseline awful. Things can get worse from there, but they only really return to awful. Hmm. Nice. What that a good wraparound, boys. There's one more thing. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned uh, the newspaper clippings that we see at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, fun fact about those that I noticed, I haven't seen this written anywhere online, but uh, as they were bringing up, so they bring up these newspaper clippings which let you know what happened to each of the characters, each of the bugs, how they made it in New York. They <laughs> yeah. wrote custom headlines, got custom pictures for them, but when they were taking the clippings of the newspapers, this is the movie makers, they didn't bother to change any of the actual text in the newspaper. So I paused and had a little read. And one of the articles on underneath the headline of like, Grasshopper has a stage show, was about a bombing in Tel Aviv. <laughs> <laughs> and it was taken directly from an, an edition of the New York Times from 1949. Wow. <laughs> so... There you go. <laughs> well, that sums up this fucking movie. 
It goes from awful to just terrible. Sam. Life. Do you have any bad reviews for us? I'll give you some bad reviews. Or has this movie been enough of a bad view for you? (laughs) I think this has been... That was nothing. That wasn't meant to be anything. Sorry. This has been a pretty fucking bad review, but I've got some others here. Maya gave it 0.5 stars and said, if I was held at gunpoint and you told me to explain the whole plot of James and the Giant Peach, I would be dead because I seriously don't know what the fuck I just watched. It made me highly uncomfortable, and it being a children's movie did not sit right with me. This is some Wizard of Oz type shit. Yeah. Which is an insult, because Wizard of Oz is nowhere near as fucked up as this. Also, if this dumb shit can't explain the premise of The Wizard of Oz, I think that says a lot more about her. (laughs) She arrives in Oz and has to go see a wizard. (laughs) I mean, there's a guy called James, and he finds a giant peach. Yeah. The end. Goes to well, New York. clearly about not so much drug trips, but ignoring something traumatic that's happening in your life and escaping to a fantasy land. Yeah. They're similar in that way. I think they can both have uh, similarly dark interpretations of them, thanks to Carl. Favourite kinds of movies. I think it's that both characters have an incestuous relationship with their dad and were fantasising about all of this. That's a reference to last week, everybody. <laughs> <sighs> Go listen to that. Next one is from Sophie. Didn't give it a rating. Just said, Miss Spider has me conflicted because on one hand she's sexy, but on the other <laughs> she's French and a spider. <laughs> Which I think we can all agree with. Nothing against the French. We only hate people from Brooklyn. And <laughs> the last one, I want to wrap this up with Aaron, who gives it three stars and says, I suppose the real peach was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> and that genuinely is a good summary of the film. Yeah. That's good, yeah. And now we reach the most important part of the episode, Sam. Why do you think this was good, do you? <laughs> you know that's not the name of it, but I'll let that go because Yeah. I didn't We're look, all tired. I didn't think well, maybe I I think I enjoyed this as a kid, but goddamn, I hated it now. I really, really... You were met... So you two watched this before me and you were messaging mm-hmm. saying, basically, why the fuck did you yeah. choose this? This is horrible. We started a little coup. Yeah, you did. You tried to kind of... <laughs> we went behind yeah. your back and tried to get the movie changed. Yeah. Very subtly as well. <laughs> Too fucking subtly. We're still here. And I thought that you were just being whiny little shits and that you're being overly (laughs) dramatic which in my defense you were but also yeah yeah yeah, god awful film i regret choosing it i mean also it bombed at the box office so we're not the only people that think this it did not not do well it didn't make its Mm -hmm. money back it actually it killed the division of disney skeleton productions which made this and nightmare before christmas and nightmare before christmas was a banger so this single-handedly took out the studio I've never seen it. Oh, it's good, I think. People love it. I, It's good, but I don't like animation like this. I don't think yeah. there's a place for this <clears throat> in films that people want to watch. It's uncomfortable, and it doesn't matter how good the movie is. If things look like this, blah. You seen Coraline? Yeah, Coraline as well. That's Neil Gaiman. Uh, stop motion has always confused me, because it creeps me out for the most part. I mean... I think Wallace and Gromit gets away with it and everything else should just not do it. But it's creepy. And I was watching a behind the scenes on this movie before we started. 
and apparently one minute of film took a week. And that's just... Too long. Can you imagine put, putting in a week's worth of work per minute of film and then bombing From at the box office? Oh, there's, a great, there's a great scene in Parks and Rec, by the way, which I don't know if you two have watched. Where, I watched this episode this weekend. Yeah, where there's a guy who is in denial that he's depressed. And he's like, could a depressed person do this? I've just made a stop. I spent three weeks doing a stop motion film. And he shows it. A guy gets out of bed, walks across the room, and that's it. It's like four seconds long. How can it not be longer? <laughs> yeah, great episode. That. Really good. Um, but just quickly, I that does not represent my views at all. I'm distancing myself from that. I love stop motion. I think it's really cool. I love Gross. it. I love Wells and Gromit. Love Chicken Run. All good. Oh, awful. I'm going to choose Chicken awful, Run next awful. week. Fuck oh, you. But ima- Fucking imagine how good Chicken Run would be. <laughs> If it wasn't fucking stop motion. Yes, if it was real chickens. Oh, right. We went in different directions there, Carl, but we're on the same side. <laughs> no, I disagree with you completely. I liked Coraline as well. It was just this that was shit. I, it makes me uncomfortable, stop motion. No, okay, I'm Cold sorry. Water. You two, uh, you touched on it already. Let's get Evan, what did you think of this? As if there's any mystery Every there. part of this movie made my skin crawl. <laughs> From the live action scenes, uh, with the boy who works in an apple factory and his two manager aunties, because that's what that was. Poor little <laughs> slave boy and people whipping him all day. To the disgustingly animated bugs that were in far too much of this movie. Horrible. However, <laughs> I enjoyed this. <laughs> so like you said, I started watching this yesterday and I had to turn it off. What a twist. Uh, it was at the same time you started, Cole. So when you told me you started watching, I started. Then you sent me that scene and I was like, this is what I've got waiting for me. No, thank you. And I turned it off. But then I started today and I gave it another chance. I I enjoyed this. I don't know why. Maybe I'm in my death rolls and I basically accept anything at this point. But I was pretty captivated by every skin-crawling inch of this movie. I just had a good time. I loved Brooklyn Boy. It's healed my relations with them. I, I, I would recommend this to people. Oh, my God. <laughs> you must suffer, too. That is the last thing I was but expecting I... <laughs> you to say. Is it me? Oh, yeah, it's you, baby. Oh, I think I said to you after we stopped recording last week that this was one of those movies from my childhood where... I don't know if I was the only kid who did this, and I might be saying a lot about myself, but there'd just be like one movie that I'd end up watching far too many times over yeah. a span of time. So over a few months, I'd be sticking it on every weekend and probably said a lot about how many videos I could afford or something, but this was one of those. And it was a very happy memory for me, but I've never gone back until this week and it should have stayed in the past. Just creeped me out for the most part that but I had I got so much enjoyment out of trying to interpret it in a I don't know if it's a more adult way but trying to find some sort of message out of it spooky way yeah I, I ruined the film is what I do <laughs> but yeah no I didn't think this was good but to any of our six to ten year old listeners give it a watch <laughs> look this is this is why the podcast exists so that we can look back at things that we thought were good and realize how foolish we were it's just we're miserable in our adulthoods and we want to ruin our childhoods too yeah 
Um, yeah, there we go. Yeah, I had never seen this, so this was fresh eyes for me. Maybe if I'd seen this when I was younger and came back to it, I'd feel differently. But yeah, this isn't one I would have watched because Claymation has always freaked me out. I can't watch Wallace and Gromit. It, when it comes on at Christmas, why is it on at Christmas for one? None of the fucking episodes are Christmas themed. It's always the one where they go to the fucking moon or he has the crazy robot legs. Anyway. God damn, <laughs> this is new information about you. Freaks me out. I don't care that it was made in Bristol and it's really close to all of us. Horrid stuff. I've been into the studios. can fuck off. <laughs> I used to work next to the studios. I got their post and I got to go in. They've got a massive cake that's like one of the machines recreated in cake version. And it's like, I don't know how to describe how big it is, but it's like the size of a piano. <laughs> I mean, this, just says, this just says a lot about the people that they have a cake. Who has just a foot? Like you eat a cake? What are you on about? They have oh, it's a cake. A, it's a really old, stale cake. It's from years ago. It's in See, the lobby. This says a lot about people who make stop motion. If someone bought me a massive cake, I wouldn't be fucking displaying it. They probably make a little minor change to it every now and again. Take a picture. <laughs> That's good. Stick them all was, in a row. Was that a piano joke? I'm gonna go with yes. Yes. All all my jokes are meant. I still don't know what the joke I is. I heard minor change. Oh, minor change. Oh, very yeah. good. Lord. Uh, also, I want everything that is now sizable to be in reference to the size of a piano. Bigger or smaller, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and if I'm wrong, that's definitely all we have time for, for this movie and for this episode, which has been just far too long for an hour and 20 minutes of a boy and some bugs. Carl, before we end, what do you have in store for us next week? Oh, we'll have to... Um... Much deliberation. I think we're going for the th- the Frighteners next week. The Frighteners. Michael mm. J. Fox and Peter Jackson directing. I'm very much looking forward to that. Not seen it, but I'm excited. I've never seen it. Yeah. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review and follow us over at So You Think Pod on Twitter. I won't be here next week because I'm going to commit pesticide. But don't worry. First, we're going to get right into Men in Black the first Men in Black movie in the Men in Black franchise. Men in Black begins. 